and welcome to the Pig and Whistle Tales from Azeroth. As always here at the Pig and Whistle Inn in Stormwind, I go for a variety of subjects with regards to World of Warcraft. So grab a bottle or a pint, sit back and enjoy. This episode we'll be going over a few things. We'll be going over the release of World of Warcraft Hardcore. We'll be going over 10.1.7 patch and then looking at a bit more speculation as to when Season 2 will end and that 10.2 patch will come out more than anything but we'll get into the weekly news as always basil is your world boss for the week he is located in azure spam you have zakali elders uh, alongside him and they are located in the zaralak caverns world quest bonus event is your event for this week strangely enough and uh, this just gives you more reputation so if you're looking to get any sort of um reps from older uh, factions uh, this is probably the best time to do so we have packed house as the brawl for this week packed house is essentially a 15 versus 15 in a arena and it is a first one to lose all of their players loses um so yeah it's just kind of a team death match you want to kind of be ranged for this unless you want to jump in there as a tank and just sort of soak up every single bit of damage that you can we have Fortified, Afflicted, and Raging as our Mythic affixes for this week. Fortified, the non-boss enemies have increased damage and health, as well as their minions that they summon. That's it. Um, afflicted, essentially you get afflicted with uh, a debuff. You can decurse this, de- dispel this, heal it. I'm not too quite sure on it, but essentially it is just a debuff. And raging, when they get to 30%, you essentially, or they gain 100% damage increase. You want to kite them, soothe them, uh, CC them away from your tank. Um, essentially, you don't want them, you, you want them dead very quickly. You, you don't want to have them lingering about hitting your tank. Your healer will also not be too happy with that. We'll be looking at Thunder Fury this week, a classic in the World of Warcraft history. But before that, I would like to say a massive thank you, as always, uh, to everyone who tunes in each and every week. And the tavern is growing with these tales that I tell. Um, but I must ask for your support a little bit more. Uh, this podcast is not my full time job. I do put in as much effort as I can without having to put any sort of content behind a paywall. Um, with all of this said, you can support the show just down below. There is a link. It's uh, from as little as three dollars a month. Um, and it would mean the world to me and it would show your love for, for the support or the show a lot more. So um, those who support have a chance to be featured in an episode or even shouted out. But a massive thank you to all. And let's get back into the episode. So Thunder Fury is our weapon of choice uh, that we're going to look at the history of. This one's a bit smaller. Um, it is probably the most iconic uh, weapon ever in the game maybe ever in any mmo like potentially um it's obviously a reference uh, or it's very much referenced in the sort of quote uh is did someone say and then the name of the weapon thunder fury blessed blade the wind seeker and then you know it just carries on from there but essentially i'm not too sure how that started actually um but uh, Thunder Fury is a legendary sword from vanilla World of Warcraft, and it is wielded by Prince uh, Thunderon. Um, he is a Prince of Air, and equipping it rewards you with the achievement uh, Thunder Fury Blessed Blade of the Windseeker. And it is the only legendary that is available to all classes, which is actually something I didn't know. 
That's the very first legendary as well. I'm pretty sure. I'm trying to think. Uh, kind of. If you think of Sulphurus is in the same raid, but you also have the neck piece that is uh, the legendary neck piece. Um, I forget the name of it. Something binding. But essentially, it's a neck piece that is shown in game. Only one person has ever gotten it, and before it was taken out of the loot table. So, you know, there's a few ifs and buts if it's the very first legendary, but it is very much up there. It's one of the first three, well, two mainly, but three if you're being very like picky and technical about it. Um, so the history of the blade, Ragnaros, who was in. Uh, Molten Core, the final boss, uh, and his lieutenants Gar and Baron Geddon defeated Thunderon, um, who was the Prince of Air, after the first Age of Creation. It's kind of like a war, essentially. It's when all of the elementals were fighting one another. During the elemental sundering, that's it, Ragnaros was unable to fully consume uh, like Thunderon's essence, so he essentially forced uh, what little remained of him into these two talismans, uh, and gave it to, like, one half each to the lieutenants, Gar and Baron Geddon. And these are where you can loop them off of. You need two binding of the uh, Windseekers in order to get uh, Thunder Fury, essentially. So you needed the drop rate from both of these to get this legendary. Uh, and somehow the talismans halved, uh, found their way into the hands of uh, High Lord Demetrian, a follower of Thunderon. Uh, he uh, recombined the talisman, but he was unable to release his master. Instead, he did the best he could. He crafted a blade to serve as a vessel for his master's essence. So Thunderon essentially upgraded from a little locket um, to a sword. It's it's an upgrade. It's better than nothing. In Cataclysm, you can find a NPC called Nick the Mountain. Um, he can be seen wielding the blade. Now, in Blasted Lands, there's a... I'm not sure if it's Blasted Lands. It might be, like, near Diamond, but I can't remember exactly. But essentially, there is a small place, like, where there's hot steams, and it's kind of like a resort, like a beach resort, and it's got people who have loads of different sort of iconic things. There's even, so Thunder Fury, there's a Gordon Ramsay sort of uh, NPC there, all of that. But uh, the most notable thing is that you have to do a quest to, um, for the, uh, there's a mail quest in Legion and you have to go and deliver someone's mail. And uh, this mail was something that they forgot to loot. And this loot was Invincible's Reigns. So you go to them, and it, you give them the loot, but they already have it, and they just want you to delete it, essentially. So you get Invincible's Reigns, but you have to delete it. It's quite, it's quite funny, I'm not going to lie. But essentially, it's just a place where all of these NPCs have, like, really cool bits of gear. Um, in Legion, when the Urban Ring decided to resurrect Thunderon to replace the fallen, uh, what is it, Wind uh, God? Wind... Wind Elemental, Air Elemental, that's it, I finally got there. The Fallen Air Elemental, Alakir. Uh, a Shaman Adventurer takes Thunder Fury, we are the Shaman Adventurer by the way, uh, from the corpse of its last wielder, a Dwarf Warrior called Ray, uh, who died facing Ragemore uh, in Azuna, and bring it to Vortex Pinnacle. With the Heart of Skywall uh, and the Power of Thunder Fury, 
uh, Thunderon is revived and wields the sword, the iconic sword, as the new Windlord. Um, Ragemore, I'm just double checking. It is a giant demon. It's a giant, like, fell beast demon, essentially. Uh, nothing too crazy. And a lot of people die to these sort of beasts, these core hounds, essentially. But yeah, that, that's Thunder Fury in a nutshell. It's very iconic because. Whenever someone would get it, essentially the only line that was in trade chat was, did someone say Thunder Fury, Blessed Blade of the Windseeker? Oh my god, is that the iconic Thunder Fury, Blessed Blade of the Windseeker? Just because of how long the name is, I think it made for really good sort of spammable potential in trade chat. And this is what kind of made it one of the most iconic things in WoW. You have obviously stuff like Leroy Jenkins, you have other things, but Thunder Fury is definitely like up there with it but let's get into the main bulk of the episode so as uh, we'll know for a little bit of time they have been uh, kind of playing around with the idea of uh, wow hardcore they've done ptrs and stuff and they have gotten a release date the hardcore realms will go live on the 24th of august uh, which is really good let me just double check uh 24th that's really weird Okay, 24th is a Thursday, just uh, two weeks' time. Just under two weeks' time from when this goes live. Really weird to throw it out on a Thursday, I'm not going to lie. I um, I kind of usually thought it would be a Tuesday, the reset, but apparently not. Maybe they do um, WoW era server realm like resets on the Thursdays. Who knows? Who knows? Who knows? Um, And essentially, what you can do is obviously create your character... And uh, you're going to go about this without dying at all. You can group up. You can. I'm not. I'm pretty sure you can send mail if I do recall correctly. You can use the auction house and stuff. But essentially, you do not want to die. The there's a few things that you need to look into if you do manage to die. So not every hero will reach the finish line on their first attempt or maybe even second attempt. I plan to make it on my first attempt, not going to lie. I, I feel like I could easily do this. Um, For those who have fallen along the way, there's a choice to be made on, hand to, on how to handle their newfound permanent death status. Linger on. If you have unfinished business in the hardcore realm, you may continue to exist in the game world as a ghost. This will allow you to communicate with your in-game friends as well as pass on guild leadership to new, preferably alive, uh, dead heroes uh, make uh, for poor leaders, guild members. Keep in mind that ghosts cannot complete quests, speak to living or otherwise do most of uh, anything other than haunt their local graveyards quietly and ponder what went wrong in their last moments of life in Azeroth. Makes sense. You shouldn't be able to res. Yes, 100%. Because people will just be like, oh no, I never died. Find a way to cheat the system, that kind of deal. There was a way to cheat the system on PTR. You like logged out in Orgrimmar or something as a ghost and you'd be rezzed. And, you know, there was different ways to cheat the system. So hopefully they've patched them out um, before these go live. Enter a new era. Maybe you've grown too attached to life. Maybe your character had an unlucky encounter with Lord Kazak after you made a wrong turn at the Blasted Lands. Maybe you just miscalculated how high that jump was. Or perhaps your character hasn't died at all, but you've decided that you're looking for a more relaxed experience. 
No matter the reason, if you want to keep playing your recently departed character or make sure your currently levelling character doesn't face a sudden mishap, you can utilise the free character transfer move um, and move any character to a non-hardcore classic era realm. You cannot move normal characters to hardcore classic. That cannot be stressed enough. You cannot do that. And this is a free service as well for those that die because if people do get attached to a character, you can just simply move that character and carry on playing with it. Once the move is complete, the hero may resurrect as normal at the closest spirit healer, but the way back to Hardcore Realm will be closed to them permanently. Go. Try again. Death, although permanent in classic Hardcore Realms, isn't the end. Every hero that meets their last meets at their end leaves behind valuable lessons that the next hero will benefit from keep trying until you triumph and build on the lessons learned i hope that they do some reward for this maybe they give like a little buff at the end um i I don't recall if they have but i would like to see a little buff at the end just to say like you've completed it um I, i suppose anyone on a hardcore realm hitting level 60 will just automatically be like given that achievement or that status because you everyone on there's a hardcore player so yeah okay i guess you don't need the actual like buff um but yeah these are sort of the few things that they've listed that you can do um obviously when you hit max level or any time you want to you can do a duel to the death um a duel to the death is what it sounds like you actually die in this duel um and you can collect buffs you can collect like sort of uh, trinkets from how many people you've beaten in a duel um, essentially yeah it's really cool it's a really cool feature and I'll be very impressed to see if people get over sort of like 15-20 sort of ears uh, if they're dueling at max level and stuff like that now let's move on to Fury of the Incarnates um, Fury of the Incarnate PTR like developer notes essentially there's loads of stuff to go on through here Um in terms of, uh, what do you call it? I've completely forgotten. Uh, balance changes, that's it. But with uh, uh, Fury of the Incarnate, we're going to be looking at getting that, I believe it was September, I believe it was the 5th, um, which will be really cool. It'll be really cool. But that means that we are a month more without getting Fury of the Incarnate. And that means uh, that, we are probably in two months away from having a complete uh, season, so f- the end of season two. I'll get into that in a bit. With Fury of the Incarnate, we get Dream Surges, which pop up throughout the zones. Uh, the four original Dragon, Dragon Isle zones. Um, and essentially, they just buff up the uh, well quests there. They give better loot, better gear, all of that stuff. Um Essentially, a major waking portal, whatever this is called, will open as a group event every half an hour. Defeating it will require a large group of players and has a chance to reward raid level gear, which is really good. Probably just normal gear. Um, minor dreamwalking portals can be found scattered across the zone and can be defeated by solo players or small groups. Players in a dream search will gain access to a variety of buffs that range from useful to powerful chaotic so kind of tall gas buffs which is really cool every half hour a new buff will be selected for the whole region uh with the players themselves choosing which one um by voting technically um 
there's a couple of them. There's one I tried them out on the PTR. They're, they're decent buffs. They're decent buffs, especially for like leveling. There's um like an XP one. I'm pretty sure. And uh, uh why is that? Will be the initials. Oh, okay. No, don't worry. Don't worry about that. Um, it just said Thaldrassus will be the initial zone active for the PTR. So I'm guessing that's just where they started. Um, you'll also have the Eastern Kingdoms Cup. So soar through the Eastern Kingdom skies with the Dragon Rider uh, racing event. Eastern Kingdoms Cup challenges uh, challenge sixteen races across Eastern Kingdoms in normal, advanced, and reserve variations to earn riders of Azeroth badges. Uh, to exchange for rewards with uh, Mazthra. That's the person, that's the evoker who is in the PvP section, I believe. Um, and you also have a few, few new things. We actually have uh, a new Hallow's End, as well as a new Brewfest, if I'm not mistaken. Brewfest and something else. Let's take a quick break. Ever thought modern video games should be more interesting? At the Gaming Blender, we take randomised genres, mechanics, and make a new game every episode. I've added permadeath. We have a survival game of a hardcore simulation, which could be House Flipper, and with the permadeath of XCOM. Then that all has to be an action adventure. Yes. Ooh, dear. Yes. And sometimes it doesn't quite work. And you you have a construction off over the course of the of the narrative. A construction off. The way the way we can do this is that we ditch your idea entirely. Entirely. Check out the Gaming Blender on all your favourite podcast platforms now. I'm completely lost now. What was it? What else is around this time? Yeah, Brewfest. You have uh, Hallow's End. Prob- maybe a Christmas one. I've yet to see. But I'm pretty sure the Christmas one will come in the next patch. It's probably a minor one. These are the two main ones. Um, but Hallow's End, essentially, um, it's nothing new, but you can do... It's it's the Headless Horseman encounter, but you can put in a Mythic Plus affix for just yourself, by the way. Um, this is not for the whole group. You can put these affixes just on primarily yourself, um, and that means that it's a bit more challenging. I wonder if it'll give you like a high drop chance for the mount, or any specific items, I don't know. Um, maybe you can choose if there's like, if you get like four of these debuffs, um, you get an extra 1% drop chance on like a ring, or you get an extra 0.5% drop chance on a mount, you know, that kind of deal. Um, it's all really cool. There's a lot of like weeks and balance changes and stuff, way too many to go over. That that would take me way too long. Um the primarily the the biggest ones, the biggest changes are primarily to do with Resto Druid and Mistweaver Monk in uh, the case of their like mana regen. So they have a couple ways to regen mana. Essentially, Druid is by going into different forms and casting different spells, and the monk is by drinking some tea, as per usual. <laughs> um but yeah, what this leads into is essentially we get it 5th of September. That's how many weeks? Three weeks? Three, one, two, three, four. Okay, three and a half, three and a half weeks um, from when this podcast goes live. Well, it's about three and a half weeks. And then primarily we've kind of been waiting for this patch for a month, maybe month and a half. 
you'd expect at 10.2 to be probably around the same time uh, in terms of getting it released. Um, I, I need to go back and have a look at the uh, chart, whatever it's called, the map roadmap. That's it. That's the one. Um, but I believe that like it, it's it's going to be released probably around October time. Um, if they've already done stuff for Hallow's End and Brewfest in this patch, I would imagine that they don't need to look to get it out before November. Um, now, a lot of people would like it to be in sort of November or October time. Um, October, November, and then that way they can release it kind of after New Year's, the like 10.2 mate, no, not 10.2, 10.2.5, 10.2.5, yes, yes, that's it, like they can probably do that, Um, I'm just trying to think, okay, no, in fairness, they have BlizzCon as well, so you got you got this releasing 5th of September, 6th if you are EU, and then October time, you have, you know, a few things here and there, but I would imagine they announced the release date of uh, 10.2 during BlizzCon, and it will be like next week or something. It will be like the 7th of November, um, and they'll do that alongside the latest expansion, which will be really cool. Um, that'll be my guess. So you're looking at like a couple more months of season two, which isn't too bad. They are churning out content like really well. And in terms of like actual expansion stuff to do, this is one of the best expansions, possibly the best um, of all time. That is very much up for debate at the moment. Um, so the fact that they're not getting seasons out very quickly isn't the worst thing in my honest opinion but at the same time i myself only mainly do pvp and uh, it's kind of the worst thing that you can get where they're like not constantly churning out like seasons but on the other hand you can also look at it in a term in terms of like okay they won't release it for a couple more months which means that mmr for pvp currently uh has time to actually you know, <laughs> scale up because it is very low right now. It's still probably around 2.1 in terms of like what people, or like 300 below what people would want, 300, 400 maybe, stuff like that. Um, so, you know, there's there's many different ways to look at it. But I would say that towards the end of this season, where the PvP is actually going to have a decent chance at getting what they want, glad. 1800 even 1500 stuff like that um but yeah the the season might be a bit long but the amount of content that they're churning out elsewhere is fine but they're churning out so much content in other areas of wow that they do kind of neglect i say they neglect pvp we do get a lot of pvp like balance changes they actually have been doing really well or like just constantly changing um, up the meta and changing classes, making sure that nothing's too good for too long, that kind of deal. But we don't get much more different, okay? Uh, what I mean by this is PvEers in this patch are going to get some Dream Surges to gear up their ults and stuff like that, and this actively affects their ult levelling because they can 
to the like dream surge like voting system to get more XP zone wide that kind of deal. Whereas PvP is no new battleground, no new arenas. You know, every week it's just MMR goes up by a bit. It's it's tough. It's it's real tough because we haven't. It's really tough to get actual content for PvP is out. And the best that they can do at the moment is the balance changes. And don't get me wrong, the balance changes are amazing. I'm loving that they're churning out so many. And they're doing a really good job at it. I do have to say that. But it it, it just feels like it's rough because they get constant stuff that's new um, along with these like balance changes, PvEers, whereas PvPers don't get many things that are new compared to the PvP or PvEers, if any, we get actually. Um, but we still get the balance changes, which is really nice, which is really nice. But that is it for this episode. Thank you all very much for listening. As always, do check out all of the socials down below. Support the show down below as well. All of the links are there. Twitch, YouTube, TikTok. The support uh, link is down there as well. Thank you all very much for listening. And go with Valor, friend. Goodbye, all.